What moms need isn't more advice, it's perspective. You're listening to... Well, certainly motherhood! Hello there, this is Kezia Nielsen. Thanks for listening to Most Certainly Motherhood. Today we have a fantastic show for you with an interview with Judy Michael, an experienced mom of five boys. A little later, my occasional co-host Amanda will join me for some lifesavers as we share a little from what has helped us make mom life easier for us lately. After that, I'll give you some quick practical tips from some of the smartest and Lutheranist moms out there on how they actively teach their sons to be gentlemen. It's some good stuff, guys. Without further ado, here's my interview with Judy. I have with me today Judy Michael, and she is a wonderful mother that I met through church and through my husband. Actually, all their all her boys are good friends of my husband. They're in each other's weddings and such. <laughs> and she's just been a really good example to me of a good Lutheran mom raising boys, because I have three boys, and I want to hear about these boy families. <laughs> So first of all, if you could just say the names and ages of your crew. Okay. Um, my husband and I have five sons. Nathan is 28. Gabe is 26. Joel is 24. Luke is 20. And Joshua is 13. Oh, that's great. You just rattled that <coughs> off so easily. I don't know right. if I can do that. <laughs> um, one of the questions that we ask is that, what did you think motherhood would be like before you were a mom? And how does it compare? You know, since my oldest was 28, I'm not sure I remember exactly what I thought it would be like. I was never real fond of babysitting, really, and that kind of thing. So I don't remember what I thought it would be like. I always had a high regard for motherhood and parenthood. So I think I thought good things and looked forward to it. But it probably, until you have that first child, which is what to me was the biggest change in my whole life, that Mm -hmm. first baby being born just changes everything. I think then you realize, wow, this is really hard. Mm-hmm. And in, um, it's easy to romanticize it beforehand. And mm-hmm. then the reality is like, wow, this is really hard, but it's the best wonderful job you could ever have. <laughs> so, I mean, I was never, I love being pregnant and I was never one to hurry that like, and everybody wants to hold their baby and that's always great. And I did look forward to that, but I thought as soon as this baby's born, that's when the work begins. That's when the sleepless <laughs> nights, that's when the hard work begins. And so I was never like, hurry up and come, hurry up and come, because I knew that's when it really gets hard. Um, but I so love, true. yeah, but I love being a mother and it is the best job. I just, mm-hmm. I do think for both Mark and I, my husband and I, when, um, for both of us, when we had our first baby, it's like, wow, all of a sudden you have a new respect for your own parents. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you think they got really smart all of a sudden, you know, and you <laughs> do a new respect for them and just appreciate. Oh, yeah. Everything that they've done. Yeah. Now your kids are paying you back for everything you did (laughs) to your parents. So I bet you have several of these, but what book has most influenced you? Yeah, that's a good question. And I guess I've read a lot of books, different books over the years, and I probably glean, you know, a couple things from this one and that one, mm-hmm. and maybe different points where you are in your child rearing, you know, different things hit mm-hmm. you differently. <clears throat> so probably the one, if I had to pick one from the beginning, I guess I did appreciate things from Dr. Dobson, Focus on the Family, because I felt like he gave you encouragement and confidence about parenting, and he encouraged parents to be parents, uh-huh. you know. So I probably think the first one I would remember would be um, Dare to Discipline, just because I really felt like it encouraged parents to do their job of being parents. Uh-huh. And then probably then later, as I got towards the teen years, I think the one that was most made a good impression, made the most impact and impression on me was the um, Critique of Modern Youth Ministry hmm. by Christopher Schlecht, and it kind of made me rethink youth ministry. Oh, interesting. And, yeah. And changing my perspective on that. Great. And we'll 
put links to these books in our show notes so that anyone who wants to check them out can check them out. First of all, I wanted to ask, because I don't know, what did you do before? A school teacher, public school teacher. Oh, great. And um, taught for, this was about four years until Nathan was born. Okay, so what what grades was that? Um, Taught fifth and sixth grade in high school math a year. Oh, great. Wonderful. All right, so so you went from being a teacher to being a mom, and what was the biggest adjustment? That first baby just changes everything, I felt like. You know, your whole life has suddenly changed, you know? Uh And probably the besides the 24-7 that you're just all the time, you mm-hmm. know, being a mom, mm-hmm. um, and this little person is totally dependent on you for their care and survival, you yeah. know, I think that going from having a job or career to being home full-time, uh-huh. even though that's exactly what I wanted to do, right? so much of our value and an identity in our culture comes from what we do for a living. Mm-hmm. And so that was a little hard adjust- adjustment when people would say, well, what do you do? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, before I had kids, I, right. you know, yeah. and you just feel like you have to justify yeah. that somehow. And so that was an adjustment to, even though it's exactly what I want to do is to be right. home. I wanted to be home full time with my children. Um, but I think that was a change and took some yeah. used to. What has been a recent triumph for you as a parent? I know that a lot of times you don't see the fruits of your labor as a mom, but what, what is something that's really encouraged you and made you think, oh. I guess this is going to be all right. <laughs> when my um, son Gabe started being a school teacher, he's a music school teacher in the city public schools, which has a very challenging, has a lot of challenges. And the second week of school, he came home and he said, it really does make a difference in the way kids are raised. Oh, and I kind of felt like, oh my. And my friend said, that's the last thing you put in his baby book. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like, okay, I think that was a compliment. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. Something that I, I just love about your boys and their around my age and then younger too, um, is that they're just so polite and mannerly and they're really good at making conversation. And that is something that I just, I love that. And I was wondering, like, is that something that you made a point to teach them or is it a personality thing or what sort of things do you, do you do to encourage being gentlemen? Well, when, especially when they don't have sisters at home, I think, you know, I think I try to be more conscious and deliberate about that maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they go oh, boys all the time, just boys. Uh-huh. Um, I think that when you're with them all the time, I guess I felt like you always have opportunities to talk and teach and guide. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess just trying to be, I tried to be aware of that. And a lot of my parenting, to be honest, was probably distract and redirect, you know, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. you know, try to maximize the good. And if there was something you try to distract oh. away from that and direct to something good, you know, maybe, yeah. and then praise what's right, kind of accentuate the positive and eliminate the negative, you know, <laughs> try to focus on the, the good things and hopefully, hopefully model that, that we do that all the time well, but, you know, hopefully yeah. model things. And of course, the very the simple things of the please and thank you always mm-hmm. require that. So I know that with, with my boys, I try to think of ways to help them understand how important it is. Is that something that you tried to teach them? I think I probably just, just when being with them all the time, just teaching and guiding as you go. So when mm-hmm. something comes up, all those teachable moments, I mm-hmm. think, you know, just like, you know, as they're always with you, just you know, certain specific things you can always just, you know, I guess we would always um, expect the please and thank you and, mm-hmm. and those things. And then the other, I think it was just being with them and, mm-hmm. and guiding those through the daily things that you just, just living in encounters mm-hmm. with, with people. As I got to high school, I think I thought, oh, I need some reinforcement. <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember there was, um, we homeschooled and there was a, 
an etiquette class for homeschoolers. Oh. So I signed up Nathan and Gabe for that etiquette class. Nice. And um, it was just once a week for a semester. Uh-huh. And and that was good because it was hearing it from somebody else besides right. mom. And and that was really good. And so, but it was a pretty far drive. So after that, for the next two, I just threatened to sign them up for it. If they- <laughs> Oh, there we go. <laughs> Sign your predicate class. <laughs> um, and then I think we did have a, we had the book, a family manners book and um, how to be a gentleman book that mm-hmm. at dinner, sometimes oh. we would just get those out and read a couple pages of it. Okay. And then you go for probably months where those don't come out until something happens. I'd say, where is that manners book? And we'd get the manners book out. And we'd read a couple <laughs> pages of it. Oh, that's great. And um, so that was probably, and then I think also in, High school, I think we started English country dance, going to English country mm-hmm. dances, and especially again having all boys. I thought, you know, you know, learn how to be gentlemen around girls, and uh-huh. and so we first time friends were hosting this, and they said, I said, oh, we're going to English country dance. I said, you're taking us where to do what? <laughs> and um, and they went, and they were a little reluctant the first time, but they really liked it. Oh, and yeah. then we went to them all the time, and and so hopefully at that they learned some manners to it, you yeah. know, just how to talk to people and address and mm-hmm. ask and, and uh, the family that hosted those did such a wonderful job uh, with that. So that was a lot of fun. Oh, really <clears throat> fun. Did you um, ever emphasize how important it is to make eye contact when, when having conversations and that sort of thing? Cause I, that's something that I've noticed with my oldest where he, he'll talk all the time, but if he's talking to you, he doesn't necessarily make, make eye contact unless he has like really big point or when there's, there's guests, he gets shy, you know, and even though you're shy, you still have to be polite and look right. me thoughts on that. I think Clarence does a great job, actually. <laughs> I think he really does. Um, you know, the conversation and those things. Mm-hmm. I, I remember um, when they were in high school, there was a homeschool fan, dad who um, had a son who wanted to do, a, he wanted to do a chess club for his son and he invited some of the other boys to come. Mm-hmm. And this gentleman had been a bank president. And so every time before the, at the beginning of the chess club, he would do a little leadership or um, social skills lesson, I guess. And one was about the firm, a very nice firm handshake. Oh, yeah. And the other one that they remember so they remember that one. Great. They still talk about what a good handshake is. Uh-huh. And then the other, which we practiced at home too, but it was reinforced with um, yeah. this gentleman. And then the other one was about um, good conversation. And he would say, no, nobody wants you to be, and he's talking to all teenage boys here, mm-hmm. maybe 10 to 18. Nobody wants you to be a bore and talk about yourself all the time. So <laughs> it's your job to make them a bore. And so, so that was just putting in the mind of a teen year old, not yeah. a, te- a teenager, not that, you know, they think somebody they're talking to is boring, but that's yeah. their job to get that person to talk about themselves. That's kind of how he taught that lesson to them. And they still remember that they'll, they'll still talk about um, the lessons that he taught and that one in particular, the handshake and the, and making the other person a bore. And then to go along with that, I think before family gatherings or if we're going to somebody's house, we would talk about who's going to be there and what's going on in their life, what's new for them. So mm-hmm. I said, well, what kind of things can you talk to them about? Mm-hmm. What kind of things can you ask them? Mm-hmm. So we would kind of run down a list of things they could talk about yeah. and ask them about or what's going on, you know, this person's doing this now, this person just graduated, this person's new job so that they could be aware of things. So when they see them, they could. So we tried to make it a awareness thing of what they That's could great. talk about and yeah. what they might ask them about. Oh, I love that. So Maybe. hopefully it gets easier as they do, you know, as they, right. you know, yeah. as they do it. So um, yeah. it seems like you, a lot of your, your thoughts are lead by example, which is hard it's and probably, simple and it's probably intentional parenting too, right yeah you know, just kind of being deliberate i guess my mom always says 
you know, try to be proactive, not reactive. So don't wait until they do something rude. (laughs) Try to address the the positive things that you see, like you were saying before. And, but you know what, my my friend says, you know, also parenting does keep you humble because there are plenty of those times where (laughs) they do something you think, oh my goodness, how could they do that? And it keeps us humble, you know, that they know better than that. I taught them. That's right. But nope. So... (laughs) In what ways did you encourage your boys to be involved at church? Because um, I know that you have couples on their ushers right now or at our church. Well, a couple of them did the sexton job uh-huh. where they um, open up and mm-hmm. set up and that kind of thing. So um, I guess it was just not being a pastor's family or church worker family or anything. I think it, the simplest thing was just that we were always in church together on Sunday. It was just, that's mm-hmm. just expected. You yeah. Know, you're always going to be in church right. together. On yeah. And then I guess just looking for ways you can be involved in signing up so maybe it was the choir the bell choir and i think when ethan was 13 i saw one do bell choir with me and so we just mm-hmm. did that together several been sexton i guess they're just looking for things and just assuming everybody does something oh, okay but then we also did a lot of we try to do a lot of volunteer things actually as a family so maybe it's not always at church so maybe a variety of pro-life things we would mm-hmm. all do together mm-hmm. and um even when they were little you know we would start doing things together um volunteer through pro-life things through um Christian Friends and New Americans, we would, we still help with that. It's been about 14 years now, maybe, that we help on Monday nights with the um, basketball program for, oh. for that. And it's just our whole family goes together and does oh. that. So Mark coaches and the older boys all taking turns refing, but then they all came up through it playing and participating in that way. Um, or we've worked on various political campaigns together, or whatever. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a, of just doing it together as a family volunteering thing. The boys did Lutheran Blind Library for a while as they were old enough, maybe two or three of them at a time would go to that. My sister worked there and they would run the braille presses to put printed material in the braille. So I guess just looking for things that were easy, not big, big commitments, but something you could easily join together and do. And if we could all do it or several of us do it at the same time, it was Mm -hmm. a plus. Oh, that's great. What did you do for... Or do you do for devotions? Well, now that everybody's older, you know, at some yeah. point we just switch and we read, read, just read through the Bible. So oh. um, anyway, so we just pick a book and, and read a chapter mm-hmm. a night together. Oh, okay. So in the morning, in the morning <laughs> when homeschooling, we would, you know, we would do um, sing a hymn and, and do memory work, especially if they're doing, if they're in confirmation class, do the do catechism and then read a psalm. And then in the evening, we do family devotions when everybody's home all together. Uh-huh. And so usually it's reading, just reading a, um, a chapter in the Bible. Just keep, pick up the next day where you left off. Okay. And you do family prayers together. Is that like right so, after the meal or? Um, usually right before bedtime. Okay. You know, so we, we're still, we've been blessed to really pretty much through the years get to do family dinners together pretty yeah. much still. So that's, you know, yeah, that's that also really wonderful. Good. Yeah. And then, so that would be a great, great time to do it. Generally, we kind of do it before before bedtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when they were younger, I mean, we did a lot of different things and uh, a lot of CPH children's books or arch books or yeah. various, various things, I think. so. It's time for our Lifesaver segment. My friend Amanda Bowman is going to join me. She's a wife of one year and pregnant with her first child. In this segment, we'll share a couple things in our ordinary lives that have helped us through the day. So this month's life hack, (laughs) lifesaver, I should say, is... What's yours, Amanda? Well, it would be my bathrobe because I wore it all the time, especially being pregnant and not 
doing much most of the day however someone stole our clothes out of the dryer in our laundry room not in your laundry room in your in the laundry, in the laundry mat thing that building you go to. in our apartment right, complex right not they didn't come into your house and no. take your bathrobe <laughs> <laughs> no they did not it was a separate building and it wasn't even i mean it probably wasn't even fully dry yet because we didn't like leave it in there for very oh, long yeah. and my my poor husband the first time he had done laundry for me went to go get our clothes and came back and didn't have them oh that was a rough day so i missed my robe so that would probably be my life hack yeah. if i still had it because you'd be comfy and now you're not i'm sorry yeah, it's okay i'm sort of not over it but <laughs> what's your life hack well lately aaron and i have been my my husband aaron and I have been having drinks together in the evening because I'm not pregnant currently. You think? I can, yeah. It's been a couple of days since I tested, <laughs> so yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, we've been doing gin and tonics, you know, the little lime, and it's so refreshing and just enough to be something special and been spending time in the evening doing that. And we, I think we're going to go on to some other drink, too. <laughs> All right, well, back to our interview. So kind of in the same vein, how did you encourage them to be in the world, but not of it? When you're all together in the direction you take your family sometimes, or the things you try to be involved in, probably the simplest thing, I guess I say, is to limit pop culture. We tried mm -hmm. to limit pop culture as much mm -hmm. as we could. Yeah. You know. Um, in what ways did you do that? So really careful about TV, music, and books. Mm -hmm. I guess those are the three main ones, mm -hmm. probably, you know. What sort of we, parameters did you have? Yeah, we Really, the TV's only on if we're watching March Madness, you know, <laughs> or a baseball game, or the Olympics. I mean, we kind of only watch special sports things like that. Uh -huh. And then maybe I have it on, have the news on while I'm cooking dinner or something, you know. But otherwise, mm -hmm. we don't really have the TV on. So we're very selective about maybe we'd watch them. Um, like old TV shows, maybe mm -hmm. we, you know, have how many seasons of Andy Griffith, you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or... Um, Dana Boone, mm -hmm. um, Bonanza, you know, <laughs> so we just, and then we watched movies and a lot of times the movies were based on what book we had already, we had read together as a family allowed. Yeah. So, you know, the old Chronicles of Narnia <laughs> <laughs> and just, I guess just being selective about what books we would read, mm -hmm. what movies to watch, what old TV shows to watch and music. I don't think I ever just had like, I guess I wasn't real into the pop music so i mean cd i guess again you, you have so many options that you can be selective in mm -hmm. your choices mm -hmm. uh, what you're gonna listen to did you ever have a situation where one of your sons came to you and said i i want to read this book or listen to this or watch this movie that came out or something like that where you had to kind of rein it back and how to yeah. deal with that i guess i had it kind of easy <laughs> <laughs> they were kind of easy on me on that um i really were but I do think that we're really blessed to have the circle of friends that we had. And, um, and I think that's helpful because if your kids' friends are in families that are also kind of trying to make the same choices on those things in their life, that mm -hmm. helps. So they're not always hearing, oh, so-and-so's reading this or so-and-so went to this movie. Mm -hmm. So that kind of made it, you know, really nice. Yeah, um, and so I'm very thankful for the friends that they've had during the years you know yeah that was a great thing and our family did decide to homeschool and that was helpful too because 
those families were also very mindful of a lot of those things, you mm-hmm. know, and I really appreciated that about, about so many of them. And I learned a lot from them on that. And plus a lot of that, if you're just busy, active doing things, you're not maybe wanting to watch as much television or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if you're busy doing constructive good things, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully you don't, you have less time for some of those others, but, and nothing of course was ever, is you know, been perfect on all that, but it's, mm-hmm. Trying to limit those things, I think, is mm-hmm. probably good. Yeah. So, and some of those other things you can do to distract are like sports and stuff, because I know yeah. your boys are really into sports. Well, <clears throat> I still remember when Nathan was seventh grade, my husband came, my husband is six nine, and he came home from work, and you can't, he cannot go to a store without being asked, How tall are you? <laughs> um, did you play basketball? And what's the weather like up there? <laughs> so he had run an errand after work, and he came home and he said, Judy, our boys are going to be tall. And they're going to be asked all their life, did you play basketball? I would like for them to be able to say yes. Oh, so, so I started calling around, you know, all the places, you know, does the homeschool gym class have basketball? Does the Y have basketball? Couldn't find one at the time. And then actually the Christian Friends of the Americans, and we lovingly called it Bosnian basketball, was just <laughs> starting. And so we did that. And, um, and then after that, the homeschool team, homeschool had a team, Patriot basketball. Oh. And so we did that. So they've all, this is about our, I don't know, our 14th year or something doing the homeschool basketball. They all love basketball. Um, but before that, I mean, we really didn't do competitive sports until they were about junior high. So before that, yeah, busy. We did like family things where you get together with other families and the dads and the boys would mm-hmm. play touch football or softball or something like that. Or just, you know, being in the city, our little backyards, we'd play in the backyard or go to the park and try to be active doing things or mm-hmm. go family back rides. Yeah. Like Oh, neat. Do you have any other tips for raising boys in the city? Yeah, you know, since my husband and I grew up in the city, it's all we know. Oh, so, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so for us, that part is probably easier than if you uh-huh. get to grow up where you have right. more space around you. Uh, we just, that's all we knew. So we were used to the space in the city where your neighbors are all right on top of you. Right. Um, so, you know, playing in your backyard, of course, is great. And we have wonderful parks, mm-hmm. you know, so making use of all of our wonderful parks. Mm-hmm. And we live about a block and a half from a park. So going to that park or one summer, I think, met with my sister and some other friends with all our kids about the same age. And each week we'd go to a different park in the city and oh. try out the new playground, the playgrounds yeah. at each park. That was fun. But it is tricky in the city, especially I can remember times when they're little and, you know, they're busy and they're active and they're loud and the baby's crying, all this and thing. I think this might be a little much for our neighbors. I'm going to close all the windows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you start thinking, oh, my neighbors, what are they going to think about all the noise and right. and just the fun noise and the active noise and yeah. as well as cry, a crying baby or something. And then generally people like to see children playing. Yeah. I think. Right. You know, so if Especially if it's time. during normal daytime hours. Yes, I right. Suppose. That's true. <laughs> Midnight basketball doesn't go over too well. But. <laughs> Are there any ways that you have involved your kids in your immediate community, like your neighborhood? Your sons have a lawn mowing business, right? right? Uh huh. So when did that start? Let's see. Nathan was probably 15. So mm-hmm. the oldest two are 15 and 13 when they started that. Is this something they came up with? It was a friend from the homeschool basketball team. And several of the older boys that just a little bit older than Nathan had their own lawn cutting business. And so they thought, oh, yeah, we could do that. And so <laughs> they started that. And that's been, I guess, about 14 years probably now that they've just passed from one brother to the next. And you know, usually two or three of them are doing it at a time together. And then it 
passes the baton, but that was a great business. Now, speaking about safety, I do remember saying, oh, you don't go in anybody's house, mm-hmm. you know, right. You don't, you know, you just stay outside and they pay outside. You don't go inside someone's house uh-huh. and they have anywhere from maybe 15 to 20 lawns. So it's a, it's a manageable wow. amount, yeah. you know, but they can make their own schedule. They have to do the communicating and the getting paid. And, um, uh-huh. so it's been a great little business for them. And even when they, um, remember Nathan was interviewing for an internship out of college or something. That was the one thing that the employer was asking about. Tell me about your business with your brothers. You know? <laughs> and, um, cause you have to, you're managing it. You're, handling customers. And yeah. So. Oh, that's great. Wow. Well, I suppose that helped a lot with them learning how to communicate, make eye contact. And I mean, people feel like they could trust them with their lawn too. When, yeah. That's a good point. Just and making the phone calls for that because they're not big on phone calling, but mm-hmm. you have to call and communicate with your customers and right. schedule. Right. And- Oh, just one of the fun things about being in the city is just so many, there's so many great things to do. Mm-hmm. So you could do a different outing every week and not spend a lot of money in St. Right. Louis. There's so many great things to do. Yeah. And one summer we picked a lot of the historic homes to go to. So oh. each week we'd go to a different one. And now those did cost some money, you mm-hmm. know, but, um, they're just a lot of great history things to do as well mm-hmm. as just all the, the fun things to do. So I, I like the city. Yeah. You know, even though. You do feel like your neighbors, everybody's right on top of you. (laughs) There are a lot of fun things to do. Oh, definitely. I like having people around. I like that we can go outside and then say hello to our neighbors. And that is nice. I I think that's neat. Do you have any other thoughts? It's just, you know, it really is a joy, though, of being, getting to be a mom. You know, it's a great blessing from God. And, you know, it really, each child really is a gift from God. And it just... Very thankful for the time. And it, I know you probably hear this all the time, but it does go by so fast. <laughs> you know, when they're little, you're just so busy all the time with them. And um, and then before you know it, they're, you know, they're getting married and having children themselves. <laughs> and you think, wow, that time went by so fast. Mm-hmm. And really, it's, and it's such a great, great, great joy. Yeah. Well, that is a good note to end on because we – it's really easy to get bogged down in the everyday and not think about soon this will be over. Even if, even if right now I'm going on a couple hours of sleep and my toddler is having some phase. <laughs> so I think it's hardest when they're little. I yeah. really do. I think it's really hardest when they're little and it's the most exhausting mm-hmm. and, um, but it will go by fast. And then it gets easier. It's the busiest and the sleep deprivation I think is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that we got to talk. I've been wanting to pick your brain for a while because I, I see you at church, but it's, you know, because I have the little ones. Church yeah, is just something you kind of get through <laughs> and try to listen if you can. Yeah. Try to, try to, but yeah. We were standing in the back for many a sermon, you know, bouncing me yep. back. <laughs> yeah. And I think last Wednesday we had one of our hardest well, it was the evening service, yeah. and so it was one of the hardest ones we've ever had with three of them. And then this last night, was it? It they were so good. Wow. You just you just can't ever you never know what's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> See, we probably didn't always do the evening ones mm-hmm. when they were little because yeah. it was just between it just was yeah. kind of a disaster. Right? <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. you know everybody's tired and mm-hmm. it just didn't work well. And so we just you know we always do family devotions at home. Mm-hmm. So you yeah, know, always every day would have do family devotions anyway. Um, 
too yeah. hard. <laughs> oh yeah. Very hard. Yeah. We have gone back and forth a lot about whether or not to do it. And some weeks we just haven't because it's been too much, but, um, my prayer from the beginning when I had my first was like, Lord, give me the patience, wisdom, love, and energy. And that still is my yes. prayer. Someday. Most days, Lord, give me the patience, wisdom, love, and energy. Patience, wisdom, love, and energy. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty much it for now. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you so thank much. Thank you very much. I've been thinking so much about Judy's interview and how many good tips that she gave me for raising boys. I love the try to make the other person a bore because you don't want to be a bore and <laughs> in, in making conversation. I think that's great a great way to put it. It's kind of a competition that way. And I think boys respond well to competition. I asked my internet mother friends how they teach their boys how to be gentlemen, and some of the answers were gold. I want to share those with you, and I hope that you can pick up a thing here or there, or say, eh, I'm not going to do that, but that's all right, because there's, there isn't one way to teach your boys, or any of your kids. So Dana said that she asks her boys to notice those who are around them in public settings, such as restaurants, etc., so that they can see what is expected in the environment that they are in. She goes on and says, I also do this at the dinner table when they are starting to get a little fired up. I ask, would this be appropriate if we had guests sitting here at our table? The same rule applies in our home as well as in public. That really seems to help them adjust themselves appropriately. If they cannot, then they are kindly asked to remove themselves. Genevieve says that she has their son hold the door for her and his sisters. He is also to wait to enter the car until the ladies are in. I hadn't really thought about that one. Maybe when my boys are older than four years old <laughs> and not in car seats anymore. Laura says, put the seat down, clean up after themselves, and just generally not be slobs. No boy of mine would leave this house thinking that it's a woman's job to clean up after him. When I point out their things to them that need to be picked up, I'll say, whose job is it to take care of this item, just to drill it in. I love it when moms give me actual words and phrases to use, because I can't always come up with things. For this podcast, I have to plan out everything I'm saying, because otherwise... I can't improvise. Some people are good at that, and just not me. So thank you, Laura, for giving me some words. Leah says to read them good stories about virtuous men. Many of the fairy tales are good at this, but also stories like The Tale of Despero, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, or even the original 13 boxcar children books show boys what men are supposed to be for and to women. I love this. I hadn't even thought about how... The boxcar children shows the older boy taking care of the younger kids and how they look up to him and work with him, but let him make the big decisions. I love that. I didn't even think about that before. Thanks, Leah. Rihanna gives us more words that we can use. She says to tell them, your father does such and such. Um, for example, thanks. I appreciate you opening the door. Your great-grandfather always did that. Did you know that that's acting like a gentleman? Jane says... One of the first things that I tried to teach them was to be aware of other people, as in, how does my behavior impact those around me? This covers lots of ground. Not being noisy in public places, holding doors for people, not barging into, bumping into, etc. So many boys seem to have no awareness of other people around them, and push through the doors first, bump into elderly people, and, and generally rush heedless through this world. That sounds like some little boys that I know. Um, Dana says... Cleaning up after themselves by placing their plates, etc., in the di sink or dishwasher, picking up their clothes and placing in them, them in the hamper, etc. This is constantly done by asking them, is this my responsibility or yours? 
While I teach them to serve others as well, I do remind them that my job in our home isn't to clean up after them, but to teach them how to be responsible for their actions and self and how to be good stewards to our home as well. I figure someday I'll be thanked by their future wives, but we know that these behaviors may never be fixed. Katie says, Always thank him when he does something kind and thank others in his presence when they are doing something kind. If possible, have daddy or some other good man point out and be positive when he's being manly by setting the table, opening the door, putting away his toys, giving hugs, carrying the bag for me, saying sorry, etc. Ah, I think that's great. So there's so much good stuff in there. I want them written down where I can see them and remember how to encourage my boys. I have three little boys, and sometimes I'm at a loss for words. Just saying, good job, or good boy, or whatever, isn't always effective. Maybe if I have these words, that'll help me to keep in mind how to positively direct them to being a gentleman and encourage them in their vocation. And some of these work for girls and boys. So thanks for listening to Most Certainly Motherhood. I had so much fun interviewing Judy, and I hope you enjoy listening to it. Our next episode will be coming up, and I hope you keep listening. I can't wait to meet some great mothers with you and get some good Lutheran perspective from moms who've been there, done that. Find us on Facebook at Most Certainly Motherhood. Review us on iTunes. That would be very helpful. And, of course, share with your friends. See you later.